I'm ready. Hello. Welcome to episode two of my podcast, B is for Bisexual. This is Scintilla, and my name is Laura Valtorta. We're re-recording this episode because the audio on the first one wasn't the best. Please remember to look at my film, Bermuda, available on Amazon and Tubi. And now, Scintilla. When Gray's wife left him for a city judge, Gray's brain felt released, like steam escaping from a radiator. He could walk in the park whenever he felt like it or swim in the lake. No more Newberry Opera House concerts or science museum visits. He could write whatever obscenities he wanted and exercise, ride his bicycle, lift weights, and there was nobody to make him stop to mow the lawn or weed the flowers. Writing, however, was more difficult without his wife, attorney Violet, to seed him with ideas. Nevertheless, he still wrote three pages every day. Life felt fine. He had money in the colonial house, and he had steely good looks. Rectangular face, clear blue eyes, no way was that shriveled judge drink water handsomer than he was, even though Violet swore the judge was cute. Fuck Violet. After two weeks of alone time, he began limiting his food intake to carrot sticks, blueberries, and sesame crackers. The 450 yards of swimming every morning in 20 minutes tops. Should have licensed him to eat whatever he wanted before 6 p.m., but he was 62 years old. He couldn't just scarf down a bag of corn chips. His clothes felt looser. Still, he worried about gaining weight. On night 17 after the, the divorce at 4.30 a.m., he woke up on the bathroom floor, his head bleeding onto the black and white pentagonal tiles. What the hell was happening to him? No use calling the ambulance because he could stand up easily and walk to bed. He drank a glass of water and slept the rest of the night, nightmare free. No need to make a fuss. If he died right then, the world might celebrate. Throw a big old party. The next morning he went to see Dr. Damien Wright, a buddy he called Beanie, from his high school basketball team. The doctor's office was empty, because of fears about the coronavirus, so he was able to get the first appointment. Less time to worry. Dr. Damien Wright was from Newberry, like gray, but he was black, with skin the color of anthracite. He looked like the actor Idris Elba, tall and lanky. Ha, ha, ha. Good old gray-green. You know that bruise on your forehead is the same color as your name. Fuck you, Beanie. Damien eyed him. You know, Marge Atwood wrote an entire novel around the swear words of Shakespeare, like Horse Son and Plague's Breath, but I don't think her characters say fuck. The book is called Hagseed. I sell more books than Atwood. All right, let's get you an EKG and a brain scan. Two hours later, they both sat in Dr. Wright's office. Well, uh... There's nothing wrong with you physically. You had an attack of post-mictorician syncope. A lot of men have this. When you get up too quickly to pee at night, you become lightheaded and faint. 
Have you been eating okay? You lost 10 pounds since your last visit. I eat plenty of fruits and vegetables. Okay, what about protein? Gray hesitated. He hated to lie. Why don't you come for dinner tonight and check up on me? No, 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 no. You can't do any cooking. I don't want you doing anything strenuous for the next two days. That's okay. Bebo will cook us the meal. Surf and turf. Who is this Bebo? Is he like your cousin or something? Gray narrowed his eyes. Very funny. You know that Bebo is a backwards cracker. He's my cook and employee. <laughs> oh, I got you to say the C word. Gray pursed his lips and pictured a sunset on Hilton Head Island to distract himself. He knew that if he even thought about retorting with the N-word, Damien would have him on the ground in two seconds with Damien's fist in his face. This had happened before. Come to my house around 7 p.m. and we'll eat. Catch up on sport gossip. He pulled out his wallet. How much you gonna take me for this time? Put that wallet away. You have insurance. At 7.15 that evening, Gray heard the doorbell ring and leaned his head out the upstairs window. The doctor was there, carrying his medical bag and a bottle of wine. Come on in, Beanie. I'll be down in a moment. Gray began to rethink his outfit. Damien was wearing a white t-shirt and jeans. Maybe Gray needed to lose the seersucker jacket. After turning around in front of the mirror, he decided to leave it on. Seersucker was his comfort fabric and he had a short sleeve shirt underneath. Wow, you look snazzy. Not sick at all. Thanks for the wine. You didn't need to bring your medical bag. Damien tossed his bag onto a wingback chair. Well, I was just looking at your books. He pulled something off the shelves. Why waste your time on Meg Mitchell Moore? You could be reading Maya Angelou or Alice Walker. Gray shrugged. I don't usually read anybody else while I'm in the middle of writing. This wasn't exactly true. He was plowing through the latest Ann Tyler, but he felt queasy about admitting this to Damien. What if Tyler didn't measure up? He grabbed Damien's elbow. Come on into the dining room. Bebo left everything ready for us. I'm starving. They sat down at the table, and Gray poured some wine and water from cold carafes. Damien drank half a glass of water. So, I heard that that violet left you. Uh, guess she's too good for you or something. Who knows? We seem to be getting along fine. <laughs> Funny thing is, she left you for an older guy in a wheelchair. Damien exploded <laughs> with laughter. He slapped his hands on the table and rocked back and forth with mirth. Gray sawed into his steak. What does Alma do these days? Went to the Congo to help with the Ebola epidemic. What, Nelly? Is it coming back? Damien peeled the shrimp and dipped it into hot sauce. I don't think so. Why didn't you, didn't you go with him? Me? I don't want to catch Ebola. The men looked at each other <laughs> and started laughing. <laughs> Hemorrhagic fever. Said Damien, shaking his head, and they both laughed <laughs> I hear you. You don't see me working around anybody who might have the coronavirus, even. No, I work alone. Have you been taste tested lately, by the way? I test myself every week. And I take my temperature every morning. The health company requires this. 
Damien laid down his fork. So what's the real reason you lost 10 pounds? It might be grief over the divorce. Or maybe because I switched to an all-vegetable and fruit diet until now. Bingo! How's your writing coming along? Gray dipped a string bean into the hot sauce. It sucks. I need to find some new subject material. Violet spent the last 15 years telling me about her law practice. Those stories were bizarre. They're gone now. Whoosh! Squashed by an elephant. You know there's more to life than this courtroom circus crap. They were finished with the dinner by then, lingering over a second glass of wine and plain iced tea, heavy with ice. Gray crossed his legs and felt relaxed. His stomach was full for once, and he felt no remorse. Want to walk around the block, down to the park? Hmm, I don't know. Gray slumped back in his chair and squinted one eye. I might be getting sick. He clutched his stomach. Damien bolted up from his chair and grabbed his medical bag from the sitting room. He took out a thermometer gun and pointed it at Gray's forehead. This baby is more accurate than that oral or rectal monstrosity. He pulled the trigger. 97. Just below normal, just as I suspected. I get by on my good looks. Damien unfolded his stethoscope and adjusted it over his ears. All right, take off that shirt. Gray opened the top three buttons. Come on now, take off the whole thing. Gray hesitated for a moment and then took off his jacket and his shirt. He unbuckled his belt and pulled it off. Damien pressed the chest piece of the stethoscope onto several parts of Gray's body, starting at the shoulders and making his way down. As he went lower, he pressed harder. I don't hear anything, said Damien when he reached the heart. Keep on going. When Damien stopped pressing, he stood up and led him by the arm to the master bedroom. Neither man said anything as they climbed climbed up to the stairs. Oh, your house stinks, said Damien the next morning. It smells like mold in here. Violet used to say that, said Gray, and then he fell back to sleep. When Gray finally woke up fully at 8.30, Damien was shaving in the bathroom. Hey, that's my razor. Nope, I keep one in my medical bag for emergencies such as this. I guess you do a lot of house calls. Not in the past five years. Damien studied his face in the mirror. Hey, it's Saturday. Time to hang out with the boys, you know. Time for some fun. You need to come over to my house. For some reason, Gray imagined a disco party with a glittery ball hanging in the center of the room, like they used to go to when they were teenagers. Gray had loved to see Damien at those parties with his joking voice and his loose-knit style. Damien wore a short Afro hairstyle back then, and Gray wore his hair down touching his shoulders. Gray recalled his own longing to crash Damien's house but he had felt, or imagined, a scintilla of hostility between them. His own invitations for Damien to come to his house and drink hard lemonade were ignored. Let's go to your place and see this superior book collection you're you're always bragging about. They put on their walking shoes. Damien's house was in the college section of town. He'd torn down an old cottage, evidently, and constructed a modern museum of a house 
with glass, wood, cement, and crisp corners. It was magnificent, surrounded with trees and totally out of place with the neighboring houses. Cool! Damien opened the front door and swept his arm forward to welcome Gray into the entrance, bare except for a teak bench. The living room that opened with windows onto the back patio made Gray pause and turn around as if he were viewing a gallery. The ceilings were cathedral, the walls three different shades of green, forest, ocean, and celery. Every wall, every corner was trimmed with wood. The fireplace had a smooth slate mantle, and the floors were polished cement, covered with a Persian rug. Each wall displayed a painting. A metal sculpture with bells stood in one corner. Where are your books? I keep them in the library. Books only come out here when I'm reading them. Damien pointed to the large leather sofas, a coffee table, and a bulbous reading lamp. The library was almost as large as the living room, with a desk and a television. Shelves lined two of the walls. There were two skylights in the sloped ceiling. Damien picked up a couple of books. Here's the white boy's stuff. You probably don't read enough Somerset, Mom. Isn't that old-fashioned? I remember reading all of his stuff at university. No, no, The Razor's Edge. That never goes out of style. That book started the anti-war movement. Oh, I have a copy of that. Maybe I should read it again. You should. Don't ever forget about the classics. Somerset studied medicine and wrote a lot about doctors. More interesting than lawyers, if you ask me. Of human bondage. I have that one right here. Somerset was queer, like us. Gray turned toward the side door and studied the patio and brilliant blue pool out back. If anybody else had said that, he would not have hesitated to punch them in the face or make some scathing remark about them being a fat slob, but he was afraid to do that with Damien, for many reasons, including his wish to remain friends. Their friendship was as delicate as a spider's web. You can't deny what we are. Gray could not. He felt the heat rise in his face. What are you reading now? Gray finally managed to speak. For fun. Oh, I like the essays by Atul Gawande. You know, he's that doctor who writes for the New Yorker. Gray did not know. How do you spell that? Damien wrote down the name on a small spiral notebook and ripped out the page. He walked over to Gray and put his arms around him. The sensation of somebody his own height pressing up against him felt complete. They hugged each other until Gray felt their bodies meld together. All right, let me show you the kitchen, said Damien, his voice ragged. The island alone was about as big as Gray's entire dining area and covered in red marble. I didn't know I liked modern until I saw this house. This is my dream house. But it feels empty and hollow now that Amadou is gone. He did most of the cooking. Have you written to him? No, I can't find the time. What about your mother? Does she come over? Gray remembered that Damien's mother once worked as a registered nurse. My mother visits, but I usually see her at her house. She don't appreciate my style. Fancy teacups at their place? No garish crocheted afghans. <laughs> once I tried to throw one away, she fished it out of the trash and wouldn't speak to me for a week. Mothers.
Frey sat down at the giant island. Damien made some coffee. You know, I could get Bebo to come over here and cook. He's pretty gourmet for a cracker. Damien set two coffee mugs on the island. I you, don't... You know, I laughed a little bit earlier, but I don't want Bebo over here. We actually had a bad brawl when we were kids. Gray couldn't help smiling. Bebo was only five foot six tall and nervously shy. You mean you punched him? Nah, he yelled at me because I tried to date his sister. Darlene? Gray remembered a pinkish girl with troubled eyes. Yeah, she was hell of a lot smarter than the rest of her family. Hmm, that's not saying much. What happened? You know, Bebo, Bebo caught us chatting in their parents' garage. Gray decided not to pursue this further, even though he really wanted to know what subject they had been discussing. This must have occurred around the time when Gray himself wanted to hang out with Damien. What made Darlene Trotter so special? Oh, she went on to become a librarian. Like some old maid at a Broadway musical. Only she got married and had kids. You're crazy. You're not making any sense. If you don't understand old maid in the mind, how can you even be a writer? I sold a million and a half books last year. That's how. But he was beginning to have doubts. Damien stood up behind the bar stool and put his arm around Dick Gray's neck. He bit Gray lightly on the ear. Now you gonna have to pay for that cough. They went into Damien's bedroom. Gray had no time to admire the furniture and modern blown glass chandelier. They peeled off their clothes. Damien pushed him onto the platform bed. You're right. You do have a nicer house. I'm making my own traditions, and they're pretty superior. Gray closed his eyes and stretched his hands over his head. I don't like the word queer. What's queer about us anyway? I'm a successful writer. You're a medical doctor. Who's to say that we're the queer ones? We're more normal than the rest of the world. Don't call me normal. That's an insult. Gray thought of his neighbors with the screaming baby. Normal may be too much. Maybe you're just inviting me here because you miss Amadou. Damien punched Gray on the shoulder. I do miss Amadou. Don't say anything bad about him. But I don't want to travel around Africa. And all that is very important to Amadou. He's from Mali. He's got his medical degree here. He can't turn his back on Africa. And his family wants him to get married. Damien crossed his arms over his eyes. You might send him something in the mail. Got his address? Yes. Well, it can't hurt to write him a letter. Maybe send him your copy of The Razor's Edge. Damien said nothing. A week later, Gray stopped over for breakfast. It's a Saturday, he said at the front door. I'm here. Damien smiled and let him inside. What's in the bag? I brought you a mailing envelope and the beautiful Hockney card with a swimming pool on the front. Hmm. He grabbed the bag and examined the card. You can tell this is California. Amadou and I visited L.A. Gray motioned toward the kitchen. Can we have coffee? I want to examine your library again. He went and pulled the razor's edge off the bookshelf. They wore masks at the post office. Half of the other customers did too. As Damien laid down the package addressed to Africa with the customs label and the requisite description of contents, 
Gray noticed that the clerk lady was working behind a clear plastic curtain. When the clerk opened the stamp drawer, he could see the sheets of postage inside. They were cleared to him, but he couldn't reach out and grab a sheet of Wonder Woman postage. Plastic separated him from the clerk and her workstation. But Damien was standing next to Gray, very close. Their elbows were touching. Whenever Gray wanted, he could reach over and touch Damien's shoulder, put an arm around his waist. The end.